All right, welcome to Peeps Creek, the cafe where we serve you delightful, slightly intense, but definitely worthwhile conversations. A podcast focused on bringing people together by drinking, listening, and conversing. So grab your favorite drink and let's see what's on today's menu. All right, people, welcome to Peeps Creek, the cafe. You know here at the cafe, we always have a conversation centered around the drink. And today I am drinking on bourbon and some sugary some sugar free <laughs> maybe i already had too many drinks today. but anyway sugar free red bull and i'm also have my trusty cup here with um h2o in there that is water for those of you who did not take chemistry all right and today i am joined in the cafe by jenny say hello hi hello right. notice that is me. jenny with no social media because she is she ain't got no IG or anything and she still use Yahoo. All right. Yahoo. So Jenny, <laughs> what are you drinking on over there? You're gonna judge me, but that's okay. I am drinking a very redneck but very delicious drink. It I do not like mimosas, but mm-hmm. I made my own, which is made from um, pineapple juice and fireball. It's amazing. I am drinking it though in a far less fancy glass than you have. I'm pretty sure this is a thrift store glass that I got from the local Goodwill. So mm-hmm. and this one over yeah. here is a, a a nice heavy pottery bar glass. Look at that. Uh huh. <laughs> Overpaid. Mm-hmm. Overpaid. Uh, Fifty cents. Uh, I'll I'll help you come from out of your redneck state state and get you some best wear over there. (laughs) All right. We are on episode 62. Episode 62 is brunching and blabbing. Now, you would know if you're watching the video, we are missing. We have the drinks, but we are missing the food. But that is intentional because the conversation would not be there and we'd be focusing on eating. And so we are going to to jump into a conversation today. It's it's going to be kind of a heavy, sensitive conversation, but I think based upon our history, it's a good conversation. It will be a good conversation. But before we move to that, how have you been? I haven't seen you in ages. I've been great. It's been busy. COVID changed all of our world. So it's kind of functioning in the new norm, but it's good. Life is good. I'm busy work and being a mom and all that kind of stuff. How about you? I, I am good. I am still alive. Uh, <laughs> good. I, so that's, that's good. But you know, things are, are moving fairly well. I have a 17 year old that I talk about a lot on this podcast. He is a senior. So at this particular point, he is driving me crazy because he is always um, sending me links for cars. Okay, because now he wants his own vehicle. But the the thing is, is that he doesn't have any kind of real price point. It's like he's <laughs> giving me ten thousand to like fifty, sixty thousand um, dollar vehicle. So we just we're, we're negotiating that. It's yeah, because you're his uh-huh. daddy. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but his daddy was out there working hard, getting his own money when he was his age. Now, granted, he is working, so I'll give him that. But yeah, but everything is 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 all good. So before we go into the main topic, Jenny, I wanted to talk about. Do you know Greg Locke by chance? I've heard of him a week or two ago on some. I do do TikTok, and so I heard him on some a TikTok clip a few weeks ago, but I don't know much at all. So, all right, well, let let's delve into him a little, little bit together then, which I think would be pretty cool. All right, let's go there. And so this is a sermon 
that he gave not too long ago, I, I think. I'm to the place right now, if you vote Democrat, I don't even want you around this church. You can get out. You can get you, demon. You can get out, you baby butchering election thief. Mm. You cannot be a Christian and vote Democrat in this nation. I don't care how mad that makes you. You get pissed off as you want to. You cannot be a Christian and vote Democrat in this nation. Mm. They are God-denying demons Woo. that butcher babies and hate this nation. They hate this nation. Mm. Mm. Get mad all you want to. I don't care if you stand. I don't care if you throw tomatoes, praise God. I'm about to throw a microphone up in his house. CNN can eat my dirty socks. You cannot be a Democrat and a Christian. You cannot. Somebody say amen. Hey. The rest of you, get out. Get out. All right. So, well, I, I guess first before I launch into this the little discussion of Mr. Locke, is that, is, is he considered your pastor? <laughs> no. Oh, heaven help me. No. Uh, <laughs> no. And you should you, know you that the answer is no. You sure you ever been to his 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 church? You you have you maybe you know streamed his his church? Are you services? sure? Are you sure you haven't been to his church? <laughs> no. Uh, no. I can that say man. that with a resounding hail to the no. Okay. Sure. <laughs> first yeah. Of all, agreed. Yeah. Um, okay. So first of all, so tell me. Hearing that little clip, of course, it's a, a, a clip of we don't know what the whole sermon was about, but that piece has been floating on Twitter and I think is actually on TikTok and all. What's your initial reaction to hearing that from a pastor? Uh, to say what my child says, uh, my immediate reaction was cringe, and that puts it, that that puts it in a joking frame of mind, and it, it's not. Immediately after feeling cringe, it is heartbreaking. Uh, Truly and honestly, anyone that can have it. First of all, it's not true what he's saying, but I don't think anywhere in the Bible that it say you have to be Republican in order for Jesus to meet you. But beyond that, it it is heartbreaking that a leader of a, a supposed leader of a church is espousing hate and ugliness. And I can't say this word, vitriol, I think is how you say it. Yeah, vitriol. Uh, to people who are listening, who are following him. And then what's even more crushing and heartbreaking is the clapping. And because it, it wasn't just one person clapping, it was an entire, it was multiple people. I mean, it was, it yeah. was a, the, the, a, the, the congregation said a man to his amen. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it, it, and it is heartbreaking. Because he, he wants CNN to eat his dirty socks. <laughs> uh, and he wants all the Christians to get out of his, his church because they said, all the, the demon. Yeah, the demons. what? The, the demons. Democratic, the, the Democratic yeah. demon. Well, not even dem the Democrats. The Christians who identify as Democrats are demons, and so therefore yeah. they need to get out of his church, which is kind of an oxymoron because <laughs> technically, shouldn't you be trying to save these people if you're a pastor? Absolutely. And you should be trying to get them to understand the word of God and not kick them out. I, at least Absolutely. that's, you know, every church <laughs> I've been to, that's what they yeah. try to do. Yeah, I'm not sure yeah. that it's in the Bible. I, I, I have read the Bible. I don't know where it says that, but maybe, you know, maybe he's right. But it, I don't know if it's the new, it might be the New Testament, the new, 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 new lock yeah. Testament, but it's definitely not in the Old Testament. And yeah. the New Testament that I am accustomed to seeing is yeah. definitely not there either. But 
No, no. In fact, quite the opposite, in fact. Quite the opposite. Yeah. And yeah. I firmly believe that people who spit ugliness and hatred are held accountable before God. And I think that when you're in a leadership position, you are held doubly accountable because you're on a broader spectrum, on a broader platform. So I, I think people who are like him, who say ugly, insightful things are going to be held accountable and held accountable to a higher degree. And I, yeah. and I hope he is. I hope he is. Yeah. As they should, as they yeah. should. But, you know, at first I laughed and then, you know, if you, if yeah. you look at the clip further on, you know, he's jumping up and down and, you know, he really, it's clear that he really thinks he's teaching a message, but yes. the only message that he's teaching is intolerance and hate, no matter how you look at it. Even yeah. if, even if he firmly believes, like, like, let's just take this from trying to break it down. Even if he firmly believes that individual who believes in abortion, which is why he said baby killing, right? That's why he, mm -hmm. he yes. had that, that, that phraseology in there. Even if a person believes morally that killing a child or killing a baby or killing a fetus, however you want to term it, is wrong from a biblical standpoint and the teachings of Jesus, as I understand it, you don't, you, you don't nail them to a cross for that. You find ways to yeah. try to get them to understand that the, what they, the, you know, what they were doing was immoral and you right. try to bring them into the fold so that they understand that, but you're not going to bring people into the fold by screaming at them and demoralizing yeah. them and calling them all these um, unnecessary names and being intolerant yourself. Right. Because yes. You know, the thing that I understand and, you, you know, the teachings of Jesus is about love, love, you know, love your right. your neighbor as you would your, yourself. Um, and so those people who he are ostracizing are people that he's supposed to be showing love to. And it's just counterintuitive yeah. to say that you are a vessel of, of God, but yet you are spitting all this vitriol um, and invidious type of just... I don't know. It's just hate is the only word. That yeah, I can it is. It's hate. To. It's hate. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's absurd. Not, it is absurd. And it, it's ridiculous. Not that I'm saying at all, all that Democrats are sinners. I say my next statement. But Jesus teaches that he meets people where they are, that you don't have to mm -hmm. do anything special to meet him. And so if it were true, which I don't believe it is, but if it were true, then that's not how you get there <laughs> at all. He's just entirely misplaced, frankly, and then leading down an entire congregation down a path of hate and not representing what God teaches, which is meeting people where they are. Mm. Not if that were true to begin with, which is not. Okay. Come on with those curls. I see those little curls um, moving in your hair as you, as you over here talking. <laughs> I washed my hair uh, for you today. So <laughs> good, good job. I hope so. You should wash it regularly if you don't, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so so that kind of is a good segue to the, the the actual topic. So you and I, you know, we we began having this discussion realistically ooh, about seven, eight years ago where I was preparing you to be a witness for a deposition. We were at a grilled cheese sandwich shop somewhere. I forgot the name of that place. Do you remember the name of it? Yeah, Grilled Cheese Bistro in Norfolk, Virginia. Yes, Delicious. that's right. <laughs> yes, it was very, very good. Very, very, yeah. very good. And we happened to start talking about abortion. And we didn't necessarily agree from a principle standpoint initially, right? And we still right. don't necessarily agree on the issue. But what I really took from that conversation was our ability to, to listen to each other 
and to talk to each other about our various views on the issue. I think the one thing that we both agreed with is that it's a complicated issue. It's not a yes. one size fits all approach, right? Yes. And so what I wanted to do is to have that conversation here on the podcast and you agreed um, to have that conversation. And, you know, I, uh, before we, we delve into it, I want to thank you again for being willing to to share this this sensitive topic with me for other people we, we to, do it well. to view and listen. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, but we could talk about kind of what precipitated us thinking about, okay, let's just have this conversation. We were texting about the whole leak of the opinion and you yeah. kind of had some, your, your views on the fact that <laughs> <laughs> that the opinion was leaked. So let's start there. What, okay. what, how did you feel um, about the opinion being leaked? So let me, before I start into it, let me just say, I would feel the same about this, regardless on what, of what the decision topic was about. I think that it is wholly inappropriate. It was nefarious. I think it was insightful of the person who released the draft document. I think their intent was to, because they did not agree with it, I think they released it as a moment of stomping their feet. And I think releasing a draft document uh, from the Supreme Court or from any court, frankly, undermines our judicial system. It undermines the safety and security of the process. And I think it was unnecessary, unprofessional, and wholly inappropriate, frankly. I really, I, I, it could be, it could be, it could be out fishing. I don't care what the topic is. I think it's mm, totally it's, inappropriate. It sounds like you auditioned for a job for the Supreme Court. You try to be the, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you try to be the security over there. Um, <laughs> Okay, you so, see me. So, I can't run after nobody. You see me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't run after um, nobody. <laughs> okay, so okay, you you said a lot there. It was you you felt that the individual uh, was pouting their feet? You felt that it was purposeful because, as I understand it, because they disagree with the ultimate conclusion of that draft opinion, and you felt that it undermined our judicial system. So, from my perspective, I mean, I hear you. I appreciate that. I I, I don't know. I I. I just feel like the judicial system and particularly the Supreme Court has been, I don't know, the, the prestige of the institution has steadily eroded over the, the last couple of years, particularly with the last couple of, um, what am I thinking about? Confirmation hearings as it relates to the appointees for the, the justices. And, you know, I... Is not just because I don't like Trump. I do not like Trump. I've said this multiple times. I despise Trump. I think he's one of the worst things that could happen for this country, but that for various reasons. I know people really agree that he was awesome, but I think that he unleashed and pulled back the curtain on a lot of the invidious hate that this country was moving away from that we haven't seen, at least I haven't seen during my lifetime, right? my I felt like my ancestors saw it, my mom saw it growing up, some of the hate and vitriol that, that has occurred in this country. And I think we are coming around full circle with that again. And I think it stems from a lot of the things that he talked about. I know this isn't about Trump, but it's going to get there. And even with his appointees, 
the purpose I think uh, placing his the appointees on there was to solidify sort of this perspective as it relates to abortion that they wanted to overturn Roe. So let me I, I start that off with it with that. So in my view, the institution has been steadily eroding throughout my lifetime. You know, of seeing folks appointed to it. Okay, let's start that. So with the leak, yes, okay, it's abnormal. But I I don't know. I just, it didn't bother me one way or the other because at the end of the day, I felt like it could have potentially mitigated some of the issues that could have resulted if the opinion just popped up on the last day of their turn, right? And folks yeah. start turning cars over and start burning things and beating down walls and breaking windows, right? It could yeah. have mitigated that because we've we 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 have time to dissect the reasoning. We have time to identify why the reasoning is accurate or why the reasoning suck, right? And 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 so for me, I'm not sure it necessarily harmed the process because obviously these individuals have decided that this is the way that they're going to vote. And you know, the opinion was written is 90 pages. So it's time, effort, energy into placing that together. So for me, I mean, yes, it's a draft, but the reality is we know that it's not going to change. You know, some wording may change. Some The way that they may structure the argument may change. But the heart and the thrust of the opinion isn't going to change, I don't think. So for me, it Agreed. didn't bother me. Agreed. Go but, ahead. But... I, I agree with you that the opinion isn't going to change. It, it is what it is. By the time the draft came out, it clearly was formatted and written where it was pretty much a finalized document. That being said, though, you know, you know the person released it with ill intent. And we cannot have people on the Supreme Court doing things for ill intent or for self-serving purposes. I mean, again, take the topic away of abortion. Let it be another another decision. It, it, if we're going to take that approach, then let's, let's release every, you know, draft of a decision that's going to come out. You know, we don't do that mm-hmm. for a reason. And I think uh, the reasoning for do- it's problematic and should be corrected. I mean, I, I mean, I, mean I, I hear you. It's abnormal. It's not the first time this has happened. But but I don't know. We don't. Uh, first of all, I don't know. We don't know who released it yet. Right. We don't know if it was a proponent of the opinion or an opponent of the opinion. Like, sure. Take the 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 opposite side of that. If it was someone who actually believed that this opinion opinion was accurate and they released it, would you still have that same perspective? Yes, because I think there is a, a sanctity to the Supreme Court, despite the re, the the court packing, if you want to call it that. There is a sanctity, and, and there should be a sanctity to the Supreme Court. They are the biggest court in our land. They are the ones that holds the stability for our land. Allegedly. And I think we need to hold, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's work to do, which is a whole separate conversation. But that is their purpose. That is kind of their guide and their mold. And and I feel like even if, there, if, even if it was released as a celebration, like, hey, look what's going to happen, I think it undermines the purpose and the sanctity of the Supreme Court. Should there be more um, transparency in the Supreme Court process? Absolutely. Should there be more uh, information about how things happen? Yes. But should the internal deliberations, which is what I view this to be because it's a draft, be released? No. Whether it's 
a celebratory or incendiary. I can't say that word either. Um, Instead of, and, and go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Either way, I think it's inappropriate and it undermines the sanctity of the Supreme Court. And, and we have a okay. lot of influences of where that's happening. So. Okay, so you also said that we shouldn't have people on the Supreme Court who would be, I, I don't know, did you say like using their personal views or whatever to release something like this? You said something like that, right? Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I think it should now, be released, released, period. But I think that is even more relevant to the actual justices who are making decisions, right? The decisions, yeah. I think, should be rooted and grounded in law. It should be rooted and grounded in the concept of precedent, respecting precedent. And I think that, and we'll we'll get to the ultimate topic, but I do think that this was a an eye-opener to see what I'm going to just call a disrespect to the concept of precedent. And I mean, you know what I mean? Like the, the, there was the opportunity to do that. It was affirmed. Yeah. And so now you're saying that something was decided incorrectly that was decided 50 years ago and that was reaffirmed, and reaffirmed. recently, yeah. right? Yes. Recently within our lifetime, right? Yeah. So, you know, it, it I, I don't know. I, to me, I just felt like I'm glad it came. It gave people the opportunity to let it sink in. And quite frankly, I, I don't think it's, it, it matters at the end of the day. I, it, it would be different to me if it was a memo um, that was released as they were deliberating and having their caucuses and having, you know, discussing the issue in the case. Then that, you know, then maybe I think I would be with you on that. But just because it's it's the first drive. And I think when we see the final opinion, it isn't going to change, but yeah. whatever. That's, uh, I mean, that's my that. perspective. Sure. I agree with that. Though I don't agree with the conclusion. I agree with you on the logic, but it, it, was there some positive effects from the release of this draft? Sure. It helped people get lukewarm to this idea that the concept of abortion and how it's going to be handled is, is changing. And so did it have a, did it have a, was there a positive impact? Sure. But I still passionately feel like preliminary decisions, just like preliminary deliberations, should not be published. And again, not that we can get into, into people's but hearts. But J.D., that wasn't no, that yeah. wasn't no preliminary deliberation. <laughs> it that was. was a 90 fucking, that was a 90 <laughs> fucking page document, okay? Hey, hey, if, you, if you have not deliberated before you put <laughs> pen and to paper... paper yeah. Uh, for 90 pages, if you haven't <laughs> figured it out by then, you should be on the court. Now, we'll talk about <laughs> yeah. some of those folks who shouldn't be on the court anyway, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, agreed. I mean, th th that draft is probably finalized How however, in, in that form. However, we do not release drafts. And, and the intent of the, that, whether it was for good or for bad, is inappropriate. We don't do that. If that's the case, let's release all the drafts. And I think chaos would ensue because, as you know, drafts are just that. They're not always the final version. And I just think it undermines the, the sanctity of the Supreme Court and what we hold to be, you know, because they really have the most important job of, of our land, which is, you know, interpreting and applying the Constitution. And to your earlier comment about it going down to the states and, and upsetting precedent, I don't understand how they're kicking it back to the states. And we'll talk about that in a little bit, but I don't understand how they're doing it, how they cannot interpret it to be a constitutional issue. But, yeah. you know, whatever. And, and you, you also had some strong opinions about people protesting in front of some of the justices' home. Yes, absolutely. I did. More so. Well, you, you, I don't know if it's more so, but yeah. 
So why? Because I think there is a separation from someone's job and someone's personal life. And if, if you want to go protest, a like, just like when I do my job and I'm out at the grocery store, I do not expect to be approached by somebody who is angry about what I did. There is a separation to that. And I should, on a much broader scale, because these are, these are the Supreme Court justices, uh, applies to them. They are, there's a separation between what they do for a living versus their home life. And I think that if you want to go protest on the Supreme Court steps, you go do it. You absolutely should go and do what you need to do up there. But to go to someone's home where, and it, it's irrelevant whether or, not, whether or not they have kids, but like when they got a five-year-old in the house and all of a sudden you've got 20 people on the sidewalk screaming at you and screaming, you know, and the kid doesn't understand. I, I think that the intent of that protest at someone's home is to say, we know where you live. We are very disgruntled with your draft. We know where you are. And I think it's a, it borders on harassing and threatening. I think, again, go protest at Supreme Court. Go protest where you can in an open place where they do their job. Feel free. Mm -hmm. But I think there is a protection from anyone when they do their job for someone going and protesting in their private personal area. And in mm -hmm. fact, I think there's a regulation about that, but I don't know the reg off the top of my head. Uh, um, so there is not a regulation, but there is a law. And so I'll put it, uh, put it up here. It is 18 U.S. Code Section 1507, picketing or parading. Basically, it's who it says whoever with the intent of interfering with, obstructing or impeding the administration of justice or with the intent of influencing any judge, juror, witness or court officer in the discharge of his duty pickets or parades in or near a building housing, a court of the United States, which means to your point, when you said they can go to the courthouse, technically this law says yes. otherwise or in or near a building a residence occupied or used by such judge juror witness or any or or court officer or with such intent uses any sound truck or similar device or resorts to any other demonstration in or near any such building or residence shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than one year or both so basically to your point basically this law it's not saying that you can't protest. It says that you can't do these things in or around a courthouse or a judges, or in this case, a justice's home with the intent of trying to influence that person's decision. So for me, I, I think at this point that, you know, back to my earlier point, if it was a memo, I think that, okay, this law may have more juice behind it because at that point, they're at the nascent stage of this deliberation process discussing the issue. Clerk may be, you know, highlighting certain, if you go this way, think about this. If you go this way, think about that. So that I can see because they're still deliberating and thinking. At this point, 90 pages have been written. It's been distributed to certain justices so that they can review, make edits, make suggestions to it. I, I, I don't know. I just think I, from a legal standpoint, I'm not sure this statute in and of itself would prevent or preclude these individuals from protesting because it's about intent in that statute. They could be protesting because they're angry. They could be protesting because they're saying you violated your duty as a justice to uphold the Constitution of the United States and uphold this institution that we as Americans 
have held so much prestige to or for, and we feel like you violated that. And so we're protesting that because you had a dereliction of your duties, right? That's That could be a reason. I'm not saying that is the reason, but that removes it from the point that they're trying to influence or have undue influence to the judge. But to your point about family and things of that nature, I get that as well. But honestly, I don't see an issue with them protesting and, and near around their home. You should be able to do your job and not be fearful of being harassed at your home. Who said private... they were fearful? Ain't nobody said they were fearful. Oh. Who said it? Sean. Sean, you know. If, if you Did got Justin people, say that? <laughs> you know if you've got 40 people outside your house screaming and yelling, there is a, a, some fear instilled in there. And a, a, a double thinking of how you're going to execute your duties. Because you're gonna think, Maybe. is it worth it's it? annoyance? It worth yes, it? definitely annoyance. But no, I hear your point. Let, let me stop pretending like uh, I, I'm 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 a real asshole. I hear your point. <laughs> well, um, I appreciate it. I understand it. I, you know, I I don't know. To me, hell, if 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 look, here's the bottom line: if folks can go January 6th and tear up the goddamn Capitol, then folks can go and protest in front of a justice home peacefully yeah. voice their opinion and not tear up their house, which there's no evidence that anyone <laughs> did anything inappropriate yeah. to anyone's property. Right. But these folks yeah. on January 6th that, you know, some of these senators are trying to protect and say they don't need to be prosecuted. You know, they ain't tore up the whole fucking Capitol. Okay. Yeah. To me, oh, those are different. Those are different circumstances where folks should be up in arms about it yes. and not, and not saying, oh, they're just exercising their rights. No, they're not exercising no fucking rights. No. They're doing violence and they're destroying yes. property. But, yes, yeah. yes, yes, I agree. I think they should be held accountable as well. But when you go, to, that's, why, that's why I go, go practice at the Supreme Court. Go down there and do your thing. Like, go. Yeah. But don't go to someone's house. I, I just, when I'm outside in the backyard having a barbecue, I don't expect a disgruntled employee to show up across the street or heckling me. You know, Mike, separation. hey, <laughs> I might knock on your door. Be like... <laughs> Let me get some. Let me get some of that. Let me get some of those steaks. But by the way, <laughs> yeah, let me tell you my feelings. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I no, I hear you. I, I hear you. It, 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 there's a blurring of the lines of respectability when it comes to that. I, I get that. But you know, some people these when you're making decisions about the, the thing about this is that this isn't about one particular individual, right? This yeah. is about what people deem to be rights one way or the other, whether that's the right to protect the unborn or whether that's the right to make a decision as it relates to your body and as it relates to the potential um, life of, a, of an individual. So, you know, I, I get it. It, it, yeah. it definitely makes sense. So let's move to the actual topic of abortion. And, and let me put a disclaimer out there. We're, this discussion is really just to, to highlight an example of having a collegial conversation about it with varying views and perspectives, right? It's not so that we can have a discussion about what the right decision should be, right? Because I don't think we, the two of us, have that capability. We don't have all the evidence before us, nor all the statistics and things of that nature. But it is important to highlight the fact that you can have these uncomfortable conversations, but you can have it in such a way that it's meaningful as a conversation, which is what this podcast is all about. And I'm not just saying that to plug my podcast, but the, you know, 
hell, shit, I might as well. It's my, it's my project, right? But that's the point, to have these uncomfortable conversations. So before we begin it, let's make sure we do a little cheers because drinks bring us together. We are from a distance, but yet still close enough so that we can chink, chink, take it to the, take it to yeah. the streets. All right. Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's get to it. What's your thoughts on abortion? Right or wrong? So <laughs> it's it's not that simple to me. Let's, let's, let's I, dig right into it. <laughs> so I have a personal opinion, and then I have what a policy decision, and they both have explanations to them. From a policy position, I do very much so believe the decision about abortion is a moral decision and about where your moral compass lies. And I firmly believe that you can't legislate morality. People are gonna do what they think is right regardless of what the law says. And history has shown that over and over again. Yeah, I did. Uh, so I think it's a, it's a moral issue. I think it doesn't matter what the law says, people are gonna do what they, what they think is correct. That being said, for me personally, I personally believe that life begins at conception. For me, abortion is not an answer, but I respect that people who are pro-choice have very real valid responses and needs and desires on pro-choice issues. I respect that people who are pro-life have the same thing. As you said, it's not a clean issue. It's not an easy issue. If it was, it would have been decided a long time ago and put to rest. But it's not for, for valid reason. So for me, I believe life comes, uh, starts at, con at conception. Abortion is not an option for me, but I recognize the sides of both arguments. I recognize that if we go to a stance of pro-choice entirely, that what's going to happen is our moms and our sisters and our girlfriends and our aunts are going to end up being on other people's kitchen tables getting an at-home abortion. And we cannot have that. So I don't know what the right answer is. I know what the right answer is for me. Um, and I know what I believe, but I recognize that the opposing view has valid points. I don't answer it. It's something I wrestle with very much. So I appreciate that. Thank you for that, that honest, thoughtful conversation or opinion on it. You know, for, for me, well, first of all, I'm a male, right? So the concept of abortion will impact me differently, I think, than it would for a female, right? Sure. Because yes. ultimately, it's that person's body that's making the decision one way or the other about what she wants to do, whether that's to carry a child or to terminate it, right? Yeah. And so, and, and let me also use the right terminology. For some, they may say child because they recognize life starts at conception. Other people may uh, utilize the concept of fetus because maybe, you know, from a scientific perspective as well as from a personal perspective, they haven't identified it as being a child yet. So let's just say that the unborn that's inside of a female, I think, weighs differently than it would for me as a male, either, either as a partner, a significant other or husband, right? And so inherently for me, it's a choice that's personal. It's a choice that's private. And it's a choice that should be relegated to in the individuals that are involved. And with that being said, I would say that I don't think that it is the responsibility, the obligation, or the moral purpose 
of a legislature and excuse me, the legislature and or justices to decide what a person can or cannot do with their body. So with that being said, do I think abortion is it should be legalized? I do. I do think it's a personal choice. I think it is in the perspective of the individuals. I go back and forth, teeter back and forth from a moral perspective of whether I believe in it or not from a personal sure. aspect, right? Right. But think, but think about this for its impact to society. I do think it's a personal private right and it's something that should be relegated to the individuals involved and not something that any other person who sits on a court, whether they wear a black gown or not, and or who is sent to a state legislature or sent to Washington, D.C. to legislate. I just don't think it's within their responsibility to to handle. That's just personally. But I think it turns on the justice's understanding or belief about when life occurs. That really is what I think it comes, every, the whole argument comes down to. Because I, and again, I think I said earlier that I don't know how we're getting this out of the Supreme Court jurisdiction, but I think it comes down to an opinion about when does life begin? And when, it, when does it begin, as, as you've said, or as I said, when conception happens, what about the weird circumstances, unusual, where it's like you have IVF and that kind of thing, where fertilization occurs separate from the parents. Yeah. 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 I, I know what I believe personally, but I don't understand how the Supreme Court is making the situation better by kicking it down to the states. And I do absolutely which is, recognize- which is, which is why, which is how I got to the fucking Supreme Court in the first place with <laughs> Roe versus yeah. Wade and Casey, right? Because we yes. had these, we, the, we had these states doing whatever the fuck they wanted to do and creating a state of confusion. And at least there was some sensibility from a national standpoint. And I, I, I don't mean to cut you off. Sorry. No, from a national, a national standpoint of this is what this is what it means from a constitutional aspect, right? And yeah. so you know, Roe versus Wade didn't say that you can you have a right to do an abortion at any point, any time in life, right? It was right. really up to the concept of viability, right? And then it mm -hmm. said that basically states can regulate things from a health perspective at that point, right? Yeah. Casey, right. you know, Casey, which is sometime after that, it was like 2006, seven, or something like that. I forget the exact time. Casey came out and basically said, look, we are going to continue with the concept that there is a right to abortion based upon privacy as a, as identified in the 14th amendment, but it is relating to the fact that states can regulate and to the point it's an undue burden on the female, right. To make a decision. Right. So that still left room for states who really had a concern from a medical perspective about abortion and it's, it's techniques. But now it's just like, bitch, I know we said this 50 years ago. No. Um, I know there's a, they say that there's a right to privacy here, but nah, we, we were lying. You know what I mean? That's basically what they're saying. Uh, yeah. But go, yeah. go ahead, Sarah. You were saying something before I rudely interrupted you, but it is no, my show. Let me stop playing. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, it is. And this is what we, this is how we talk to each other. Mm -hmm. But to your point, this, that's how Rose got up to the Supreme Court because every state is doing their own thing. If, if, they, if it gets remanded, if you will, back to the states, 
we're going to be right where we were 70 years ago with every state having their own abortion stance and policy. It's going to lead to confusion. It's going to lead to people crossing state lines to get an abortion where, where it fits their, their needs. It's going to lead to people who are not, who can't afford to cross state lines doing their own abortion on somebody's kitchen table, which used to happen, you know, many, many years ago. I think it's going to end up creating a mess and compounding things as opposed to having a law of the land in it, if you will, which is the whole purpose of the Supreme Court, you know, and taking constitutional law and making standardization for constitutional issues. Yeah. And we're going to have a mess and, with the states. Yeah. And, you know, to the point of, you know, there are a lot of folks that's talking about, oh, well, abortion isn't mis mentioned in the Constitution as well as this 90-page opinion, why they need to overturn Roe versus Wade because, of, according to the court, it was wrongly decided, right? But, you know, there yeah. are a lot of fundamental rights that are not listed in the Constitution. We have the right to yeah. privacy which is enlisted, the right to marriage, right. which is enlisted, the right to interstate travel, which is enlisted, right? You have the right to procreate, not listed in constitution. You have the right to have deal with custody of children and the right to, to do what you want with your family, not listed in the constitution. Right. There are a lot of things that are not listed in the constitution, but we recognize them as fundamental rights. But now you're trying to say, oh, you know what? I know we said that the ability <laughs> for abortion at some point was a fundamental right but yeah nah we fucked up we, <laughs> yeah yeah we, yeah you know uh, what i mean like yes yes and they get there because again it goes back to when does life begin that really is a question i think for most people and how they do, how they make their abortion decision i think for most and how is the right to life or the decision of when it begins how's it not a constitutional issue i, I don't know how they're getting out of that i, I think we're in a mess yeah, no, I, I, I think so. And I think we're going to be what I, it's just going to create this whole situation where folks are going to be just litigating, 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 yeah. litigating, litigating everything. Right. Even if the law, yeah. even if the state pass a law. Right. Because, you know, a lot of these states are lined up to do something yes. as it relates mm -hmm. to 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 this. Fine. So. I want to pull something up really quickly for those of you out there who are seeing this video of this, this topic, there is this map that identifies some of the restrictions that are, that are currently are, that's occurring in, in different States. And I'm, I'm fearful that we are going to end up in a worse state than, than we are at this particular point, because the Supreme court, instead of making a decision that really matters, right. It's like they're punting the decision. Yeah. And just letting the, the states play with it so that eventually it'll come back up and someone will take it up. And maybe, you know, years from now, with some of these justices are no longer there, that they will yeah. revert back to where we were to now. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Um, yes. So in this particular map, you can see that there are several, there are only a, about one, actually one, two, three four, five, six, about six states that actually have no restrictions on abortion whatsoever. But every other state has some kind of restriction, whether that's up to the point of viability, whether that's up to 25 weeks, up to 24 weeks, up to 22 weeks, up to 20 weeks, 15 weeks, and even some as low as under um, six weeks. And I don't know if you remember, there was this whole issue uh, maybe about a year and a half ago where Alabama passed this crazy-ass law as it relates to abortion. And there was so much information out there about what the law 
um, prohibited and what it did and what it didn't do. But essentially, they pretty much banned abortion across the board, with some slight exceptions. But folks were saying that you shouldn't take this up to the Supreme Court for those who are proponents for eliminating the right to uh, an abortion or what some folks identify as pro-life. But, you know, people were saying, don't take this case up to court, because if you take this up to the Supreme Court, we're definitely going to lose this Roe versus Wade issue because this law is just all over the fucking place. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah. 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 Um, But this just shows you the state of where the chaos that we had. Look at all these different colors, right? There's so many yeah. different colors of this pink magenta and all this. Just folks are going to have chaos trying to figure out yes. what they can and cannot do, how and when they can get an abortion, under what circumstances that will permit any type of act that is considered abortion. So because you are you've already kind of identified personally that you don't agree with abortion. Yeah. Right? From right. a policy perspective, I think you recognize that there's complexities. And put so, it mildly. Yeah, <laughs> yes. there's com- to, put, to put it mildly. And you didn't, I, I, I think what I took from that is that you didn't have a strong opinion one way or the other, not one way or the other. You didn't have a strong opinion that the public policy has to be absolutely no abortion. That's what I got from your That's opening. correct. Is that accurate? All right. That's accurate, yeah. But, now, but my question is this, given if the draft opinion is the opinion and yeah. given that the draft opinion, if it is the opinion aligns with your personal view, yeah, do you feel that it is the right thing at that point? From a morality perspective? Yeah. And this is where it's, it's, I'm torn, right? Because from a morality perspective, I think abortion is immoral. That being said, uh, and again, I recognize I'm saying that conclusory statement, but I recognize that there are so many factors coming in that modify that statement. Yeah. But that being said, I also, as I said at the beginning, believe that morality can't be legislated. And I believe very much so. And people should have the freedom to make medical decisions for themselves without interference from anyone else, <laughs> unless, unless specifically yeah. invited. So I, I'm giving you an unanswered, I don't intend to. I mean, will I be pray, pray, prayerfully if, if it falls down and it lines with my moral beliefs? Yes, because I think at the end of the day, my morality is what gets me where I want to go, go, right? But uh, I also recognize that people should be able to make their own decisions about medical decisions. And, and that applies to all areas. I mean, we can get into whole, the whole COVID conversation if we want, you know, end of life activities. But I recognize that this is not an easy concept and, and people are so focused on, I am pro-choice or I am pro-life and not recognizing that the opposing side of your beliefs have valid points and that the opposing side of your belief has uh, positions and circumstances that if you were to take your pride out of it, you could understand the position. I, I think we have to get out of this positional argument. I think, you know, the saying that any agreement is a good agreement when neither side is happy about the terms, right? Yeah. And I think we got to figure out how do we get there where neither side is happy because that's, I think, the middle ground. But I appreciate that 
we can have a conversation and it not be positional arguing that we're able to bring up cross points and acknowledge that they're valid. And and because yes. and, you can't do that with everybody, but we can do it here. Yeah. And I, I'm glad for that. We, I don't have the answers. I don't know the answers, but I know what's <laughs> in my heart. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad I can share my heart with you. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. You know, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that perspective as well. You know, it, it is difficult, right? Because I identify myself as Christian. I believe in God. And, you know, there's times when I'm thinking, okay, you know, making this decision, am I interfering with God's will, right? Sure. But I can say that about anything. I can yes. say that. And I'm not, I'm not being facetious, right? I agree I with you. I can say <laughs> that about regular medical health. Yes. Right? Yep. Am I intervening with the orders that God has ordained for individuals? Maybe right. I was only meant to be here 20 years. Maybe I wasn't right. supposed to take this preventative health measures. Am I intervening with God, right? Right. And there are ways in which you can identify and cabin those things. And I think people are failing to recognize that piece to it, right? Because sure. God created us in his image. And we say, you know, God is the decider of this, that, and the third. We also say God, you know, you know, he doesn't make mistakes, right? Right. If he doesn't make mistakes, people who invented this technique, how do we say that that's a mistake, right? Because they're creating God's image to do something, right? So, um, so is that baby? I mean, again, it's it, no, I nice, agree. But- yeah. Yeah. There's, you know what I mean? I mean, there are so many, yeah. but what I'm saying is that there, that the, the ways can go so, the, the decisions or discussions about this can go in so many different streams, or, you know, that this was a, a tree. There's so many leaves that we can pull and get yeah. a different piece of the argument, a, a different piece of the story. But what I yeah. do think is important is the watering that tree, because if we stop watering the tree, the tree eventually is going to die. Right. Yeah. And right. so the conversation, the conversations, I think, is what's watering the perspectives of recognizing that there are balances that we can take that isn't one way. Right. Yeah, or right. isn't the other way. Right. And, 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 and I do think, I mean, I, not just because I'm liberal. Right. <laughs> uh, I do. I do think that Roe versus Wade did that because it didn't say that states couldn't intervene, right? It didn't say that there is an absolute right, no matter what term you are, that you can have an abortion. Like it kind of had that that aspect where there was some balancing going on. And right now, I'm fearful that because we are seeing more, we pulled up that map, there's more pink magenta, right? That's yeah. going towards the, you can't do shit category right <laughs> and, and, and 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 that's not a good balance because that yeah. is going to inevitably cause an impact in this country that i think we just we're, we're not going to be able to manage and deal with so yeah that's just my perspective and, on it yeah and let's think about like the further impact of this you know i believe that the supreme court justices are making this decision based on their political persuasion right just because of you the believe, the, the, girl, they are. Okay, don't say don't believe. They are. But go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was just busting you. I was. I said you don't want to weigh in on the intent of the person who released the decision, but you'll weigh in on the intent of the appointment of the justices. <laughs> yes, because they're more important. I don't care about that. I don't care about the employee. Yeah. Because you can fire them. 
<laughs> you it ain't easy to find a justice. Okay, you got to go through a whole <laughs> impeachment. They got to die. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's a process. Okay? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't, but like, I don't care about, about the employee. <laughs> let's talk about this. Like, I'm I'm fearful that the justices are making decisions based on their political appointment and persuasion, and what and that means this is going to impact other decisions. And let's talk about the pendulum swing. Let's say the next political party comes in, and the one after that, and the one after that, they keep appointing justices who we are not focused on their ability to interpret and apply the, the, the Constitution, they are instead applying their political beliefs on the Constitution and issuing decisions. I'm afraid of the political fallout if, if this continues, if, if, if the precedent setting overturning, as you talked about earlier, keeps happening. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with that. But, you know, we, you know, this is just one conversation out of many. I'm sure there will be people who will listen to this and think we're making light of certain situations, which is fine. People are going to have their opinion no matter what. But I am proud of the fact that we could have this difficult conversation with difficult implications, but also with varying views between the two of us, but still leave this conversation laughing with each other. Right. Because I, I, I think that's, that makes yeah. the process easier to deal with. All right. So anyhow, that is episode 62. It is brunching and rapping. I want to thank Jenny for being um, a guest no, on no today's show. Media. Wow. No <laughs> social media, boo-boo. Because normally I put your social media tag. You ain't got no. All right. Um, you want to say anything to the people? No, but I do want to tell you, thank you. I, we have a, a, a good friendship and I, one that is founded on of able to talk about different opinions and, and you always treat them nicely and you uh, entertain them and you entertain us and we have good productive conversations that help open my eyes. And I hope I have the same effect on you sometimes, but thank you for the opportunity. I, I like that we're able to talk about the subject and not be so positioned. Uh, sometimes, all the time. We always have yeah. a great conversation. You know, I can walk away and be like, she don't know what the fuck she's talking about. But <laughs> at the end of the day, I always come back to it because you said something that's like, you know, triggered me or made me think. And I'm sure it's the same for me. I mean, for you with me. So, yeah, um, absolutely. No, it's all a process. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I can't wait till we, we are back in the same room together having a drink and having these weird conversations about God knows what. Yeah, uh, me too. Which is going to be <laughs> next month in June. Yes. So we are, yes. we're going to get together. All right. Yeah. Um, so anyhow, you can reach us on Facebook at Peace Week Cafe. It's right there. You can get us on IG, Twitter, and Twitch. Notice I'm saying these things, Jenny. <laughs> IG, Twitter, at Twitch, at Peeps Creek. You can get us on YouTube at Peeps Creek Podcast. You can go on our website. That is where all of our audio is and all our videos as well, as well as transcriptions of every episode at peepscreek.com. If you want to be on the show, you want to say, you know what? You said something that was inappropriate or you said something that was excellent. Go ahead, send us an email um, at cafe at peepscreek.com and you can get all of our links to everything here 
All right. Until next time, make sure that you continue to drink, listen, and converse. I want to thank Jenny once again for opening up on this topic and making this topic easy to navigate through. I, I know there are a lot of parts of this subject that we didn't touch on, and maybe in the future we'll touch on it again with other guests, uh, <laughs> including you. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So until next time, make sure that you continue to drink, listen, and converse. Peace and love. Thank you.